You're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Hi, this is Chrissy from the Final Fantasy XIV podcast, Wondrous Tales. Come hang out with us every other Monday for a casual discussion of what's going on in the community and some tips to improve your in-game quality of life. Hello and welcome to another episode of Watchpoint Radio, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Overwatch and its community. I am Jared, also known as Ja, and I'm here with Josh Kender, also known as Kender. Would you nerf me? I'd nerf me. I'd nerf <laughs> that, me That's so a stream hard. special right there. Uh, you guys are missing. If you're not watching the stream, you, you're not going to get it. I actually you know, do need to like there. that. <laughs> <laughs> and here, our very our brand new host. So he's not brand new because he's been on the show before. Uh, we'd like to welcome back permanently <laughs> Ben Guyton, also known as The Dude Abides, our new third host. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Glad to be here. Well, that's just hey, like really your opinion, glad. man. Yeah. <laughs> calmer than you are uh, okay well this is episode number 134 we are recording on November 20th for release on November 21st I have release on November 11th in the notes and I'm just going to put that out there <laughs> but we have uh, quite a bit to talk about today quite a bit to talk about today there are a bunch of updates on the PTR that of course are uh causing some people joy and others not so we're going to go through all of that we're also going to talk about the state of overwatch because the gods have come down from mount olympus to talk to us normal folks and they're like oh my god there's issues with overwatch (laughs) (laughs) you don't say not this fucking guy Clearly, they haven't listened to Watchpoint Radio for the last two years because a lot of the points that we're going to go over, or that they went over, uh, or specifically he went over, Siegel, uh, we've kind of been uh, talking about that for a long time. But since it is a hot community topic, we're going to dive back into it, and we're going to try to add an element that seems to be missing from these conversations, solutions. <laughs> so we're going to go ahead and uh, you know dive into that. But before we do that... I would like to welcome anybody listening to the show for the very first time. Thank you for taking the time to come and check out Watchpoint Radio. We do talk Overwatch news and some esports and competitive, but the focus of the show is the community and the state of the game. So even when we do talk about those topics, it usually just comes back to the community and the state of the game. Uh, if you do enjoy the show, you want to keep up with us, you just you know, check us out on Twitter, twitter.com slash watchpointradio. But we would also love to have you join us on Discord which is discord.me slash mash those buttons. More people joining every day. And like I said, I, I mentioned it last week. We are really trying to uh, get people in there in the lower ranks to help some of our lower rank players group up with people and pull themselves out of those lower ranks. So please join the discord, especially if you're of the lower ranks. And as always, I would like to thank anybody returning. Uh, we 
do this every week because people listen every week. So thank you guys very much for checking out the show again. Whether it is your first re-listen or your 133rd re-listen, we do really appreciate your support. Uh, subscribers this week, Blazing Bob. I can say his name now because he's not on the show anymore. Blazing <laughs> Bob has subscribed for the 12th month in a row. Great job, Bob. Same thing with Crash Tag VS. Subscribed again. That's Crash Tag for my Double Tap podcast. If you don't, if you're into fighting games and you, you, I mean, I don't understand why you're not listening to Double Tap right now. <laughs> so it's, it's a great fighting game podcast. But thanks, you guys. Yeah, Smash coming up. Too. Also, you better start listening. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, Smash is on the way, guys. So, but um, no new patrons, no new community feedback. So let's just kind of hop into uh, our first quick update, which is a very quick update. Kendra, you said that you, there's been uh, some rumblings about unstable network connections, correct? Uh, well, there was on my end and a few people on the same servers that I played on. Um, eventually, I when I figured out a way to switch my servers, which is a command that you can do within the Blizzard app. I had to dig for the actual command. Uh, but you go into, let's see, it's uh, the Blizzard app, and then you go to settings, and then you go to... I think it's game settings, then Overwatch, and there's a thing where you can type in uh, a command prompt. Hang on, let me just give me one second. I'll find that real quick for you again. All right, so it's game settings and then additional command line arguments. Uh, if you go in there and you find the argument to put in, if you're having network issues, uh, try switching up which network you're using. I was on the Eastern servers, and I switched, I believe, to Central, and it alleviated my problems. I tried all kinds of solutions, like... Uh, dumping my DNS, uh, unplugging, replugging in my router several times, uh, uh, clearing out my IP, all the whole the whole nine yards, all the troubleshooting, nothing worked except for that. Right. Yeah, I don't understand how they don't have a decent East Coast server because even my ping now, like last week, I was getting a thirty ping, the connection was great, and then by the end of last week, my average ping had gone back up to around fifty. Which means I'm probably hitting a Texas in the mid, uh, not Texas, sorry, a uh, a server in like Texas or something like that, like in the Midwest. Right. Um, I, I did have a problem so, before uh, with Overwatch, uh, which I talked about on fragging out way back, where I, for whatever reason, was uh, routing through the French servers, then coming back and playing on the East Coast servers. It was some weird issue I had, and I had to get in touch with support to fix that that problem. Right, yeah, that is very strange. But yeah, like I, they had, they, they definitely had an East Coast server up. I was on the forums, and there's several people talking about it. Like, yeah, asking the same questions, like why can't we get an East Coast server? So I don't know what the deal is because my ping the Overwatch wasn't always this high. My ping the my average ping the Overwatch used to be between twenty and thirty, and for the past I don't know six to eight months, it's been hovering around fifty. So my internet hasn't changed. What happened? But either way, if you're having network issues, that might be uh, a way to help resolve it. So thanks, Kendra, for that. Let's hop into these PTR updates, the ever-changing landscape of Overwatch. Uh, so let's start with everybody's favorite character, Bastion. Getting another buff, the Bastion mains have been crying for months that Bastion is being ignored. Bastion being ignored. Well, here's Blizzard's response. Bastion's ammo is being increased in recon from 25 to 35. And his spread is being decreased in Sentry by 33%. This is all in hopes to, I guess, make his damage more consistent, more, uh, you know, make him a more viable character. I gotta be honest, I kind of think it's unnecessary. Um, I just, any type of bat, like, I think Bastion is fine the way he is. 
No. Actually, I think he'd be fine less than the way he is, to be, to be <laughs> honest with you. Uh, he's he's not a character I want to see in more games. He's just not a character I want to see in more games, and I think that is okay. It is okay to have characters that have low pick rates. You he's, know? he's right. very powerful in certain situations, and that's fine the way it is. I, I get the ammo buff in uh, recon mode. Um, I guess it makes a little sense to try and get him to move around a little more frequently, but... Uh, the raining and the spread doesn't make any sense to me. Now, I yeah. uh, I was of the same opinion as, as you guys up until earlier today. Uh, I played a few games with Bastion as he currently is on live. And uh, he he really did feel absolutely fucking useless. And it was seemed like it was kind of due to the spread. The spread was just ridiculously high. Uh, were you, you kind of even... like coordinating with everyone or were you just kind of like so the most part yeah know? um really i couldn't even break a rind shield reliably with him which i don't know if that was another issue altogether but i mean you normally How you can just far away was the rind shield you were shooting? not that far like medium to long range probably what 35 40 yards out something like that uh it didn't feel like it felt like he used to be able to break that shield just crazy fast and in this situation until he got right up on my ass uh, i had a lot of trouble with that i don't know why i don't know i don't have when i'm playing with a team and we're organized i don't have problem breaking ryan shield Mm-mm. and when i'm playing solo i don't try to break ryan shields i'm i'm trying to as as silly as it may sound right I'm trying to get around or to flank into certain situations so that, you know, I can shoot and they not really expect it, right? Strike from where right. they do not expect. Uh, that's we were when doing I'm a, playing Bastion so well. Yeah, we were doing a traditional uh, Arissa Bastion setup, and it just felt like I was getting absolutely nothing fucking done. Uh, which I it didn't used to feel like that to me. It used to feel like when you played Bastion, you at least wiped them one good time or something, you know. Or at the very least, you would break Ryan Shield immediately. I played on Eichenwald right. today and, you know, they were set up on first point, you know, far back to the right. And my shield went down, you know, just as we were finally passing around that uh, middle pillar. So, I mean, my shield melted plenty quick as it usually does. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, maybe it was just a couple of games I played and I'm like, it's not like I was missing the fucking giant <laughs> rectangle. I mean, I'm not that bad. I don't I got, know, Kendra, like, uh, from what I'm I can, hearing. I'll see if I can catch a recording and show you what I mean because, like, I have right. my reticle set to go with the spread and the entire circle was on the shield and not breaking it. Uh, maybe the maybe it was just outside of fall off range or something. That could have been right. it. And I just misjudged it. But uh, it just felt really, really off. For whatever reason, yeah, I mean, I don't. The thing, the, the thing about Bastion is you have to be really, really careful, right? He pumps out damage, and if you make him too accurate, you're gonna. That, that's just kind of unfair, right? right? Like you have to look at his strengths, right? Pumps out tons of damage. Can switch from can switch to a hit scan to actually hit, hit like Faris and stuff like that, and he is pretty powerful. When he's able to do that, he has, um, uh, you know, a decent amount of health. He can repair himself. And when he's in sentry, he even has more health, essentially, right? Uh, his weakness being that he's slow. He's big. He, uh, you know, is when he's in sentry, he's immobile, you know? But, and I think that's what kind of keeps him balanced right now. Like, one of the only things you can do when he's playing with an organized team is you know stay out of his line of sight until your team is able to kind of collapse on him and kill him right 
But if you, I think if you end up buffing him too much and like kind of making him more accurate, so that maybe somebody from a farther distance, like a Farah or something like that, isn't really able to get shots on him because he's just pumping out too much damage for her at one time. I mean, sure, he can miss half of his shots, but he shoots so many shots if he hits half of them, Farah will die. Right. <laughs> you know, um, and that's the thing I'm worried about. Like, whenever Bastion, actually, since the, from the beginning of Overwatch, whenever a Bastion comes into the game. The game is no longer fun. <laughs> the, game, the, the, the fun stops. He's an anti-fun character. It's like that robot so meme, I, except Bastion, no fun allowed, pounding the side. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? Exactly. Season four over the first week was after he got that huge buff and everyone's uh, placement games were just shot because yeah. it was Bastion in every single map. Yeah. There's a, there's a few characters you don't want to see all the time. Bastion's one of them. Maze one of them. Doomfist is one of them. You know? I'm incredibly Rick tired of Maple Sorbian, Symmetra. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see I don't necessarily mind Symmetra. She's annoying, but I wouldn't say she's anti fun. Uh, you know. Whereas like May is just anti fun, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um yeah, it's just that you just you don't want to see certain characters all the time. And actually even Colorblind said that he doesn't want to see more Bastions because and he's a Bastion main. That's what he does. He one tricks Bastion. He said he doesn't want to see more Bastions because he the, the game slowed down, it's just not as fun anymore. Uh, you know, and that's 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 kind of the deal. So I understand people want to play Bastion, but it is okay for certain characters to not to only be picked in certain situations, you know. I st- I am still of the mindset that Bastion should not be able to turn when he's in Century should not be able to turn 360. So kind of like a, a 180 instead. Yeah, 180. Like he was. That's the way yeah. he used to be. And when he had the shield. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I think that would be a tremendous, you know, uh, balance for him. Like where now you kind of like when you see a pirate ship, you're kind of relying on your flankers to get in there and do their jobs. You know, and right now when you see a pirate ship and they do the double shields, like, you know, the Royale with cheese, when they do that, <laughs> the Reinhardt just keeps his shield up. He doesn't have to worry about shooting because the Bastion can turn around and shoot for themselves. But if, you know, now they may still do double shields and Reinhardt has to do something, you know, he's got to do something rather than just sit there and let the, let the Bastions pump out some damage. So I don't know. And somebody in the chat said that Bastion says, Oh, is it the tube? Yeah, the tube said that Bastion at this point needs a bit of a rework. Absolutely. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. He does. Like, I mean, I get somebody in the beginning of Overwatch thinking, oh, man, wouldn't it be cool to play as a turret? Whoever that fucker was that said it would be cool <laughs> to play as a turret. But now, like, it's it's not cool to play as a turret. Nobody wants to play as a turret, um, you know, and have fun. <laughs> That's right, kind of right. the thing. Like, I think he'd be way more useful as a DPS, like, if he... Did something else since the rework? I mean, so many people have suggested maybe making his tank form uh, his actual secondary form or something like that. You know, nerfing the damage on that or something. Nerf? Yeah, absolutely. Like it's not the same as it would be, but you know, it's a it's um you know a burst damage, which I guess that leads to another problem with with the burst meta that we have. Um, but um. It would increase the skill ceiling too, though, because if you had the tank mode more often, you see people working around the jump shots to get to high ground and stuff, which a lot of people don't, you know, yeah. play with very often. But that's that's that next level of Bastion play when you see, you know, some of the higher level plays. That right. jump shot is where it gets really, really fun to watch. And Bastion's not fun to watch when he just sits there and sprays. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of, it even be help, it'll help against, you know, shield metas and stuff like that, you know, where, you know, the enemy team has a bunch of shields where you get a junk rat and a bash and to, you know, break that shit down, <laughs> you're in good shape. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, anytime I see a bash and above, I'm just like, why? <laughs> you know, yeah. Why? But that's enough about Bastion. Fuck Bastion. Let's talk about Brigida. <laughs> um, Fuck so Brigida. a bunch of yeah, <laughs> no, they did uh, uh, hard. Oh, yes, they did. They did. They, they, did, they, they did. Fuck Brigida. So they're trying to balance out Brigida now. I guess the cries have been um, the cries uh, about uh, for delete break have been heard, <laughs> and this is their response. So let's just go down the list here, right? So first of all, Shield Bash can no longer stun through barriers. I think we talked about that last week. Which I think we kind of all like because it takes away from the ease of getting a shatter on a Reinhardt, the bash shatter combo or the the bash um, uh, graviton combo stuff like that. Like it kind of takes away the ease of it. Actually, it's still technically you can bash that diva, but you know what I mean. Um, it it kind of it, it it's just not as good. Um, also, later that week, her shield bash damage was reduced on the PTR, not live yet, by the way, it was reduced from fifty to five. So you are no longer gonna bash combo tracers anymore. You're not. Yeah. Yeah. You can. You can still. The thing I, I'm okay. Actually, let, let me get with the last part too, and then we'll talk about it. Uh, so Inspire was also changed. The cooldown for Inspire was reduced from 1.5 seconds to one second. So if somebody misses your Inspire wave, which I'm like, if they like in most of the maps, I don't think your team is gonna miss the Inspire wave. It's a half second faster for you to reinitiate for them so they can get heals the duration was increased by one second and the total healing has been increased by by uh, will increase to 100 from 80 her healing her healing per second has not increased i've heard some people say that it has not increased i don't like the way they put this in the, into the notes her duration the duration of her healing had increased by one second so if you take what her healing per second was and multiply it times six now, it's roughly the same, right? Her healing per second is, is is still about the same. So, you know, you'll you know, her total healing has increased. So she can basically output more heals at this point. Um the shield bash reduction from fifty to five, I know I'm gonna have to adjust to it. I definitely use that to you know, take you know, put some final hits on some people and take them out like really fast. Uh but I still, I still think Brig can still protect the healers. She can still protect the healers versus like a Tracer or a Genji or something like that. Um, because, you know, if a Tracer or a Genji is coming around the back line, she can bash them, which won't, you know, to stun them, which, you know, Tracer or Genji doesn't want to be stunned in the first place. But if she's hitting them, then she's also healing the healer or the support while the enemy is attacking them, and, you know, it's just a matter of time. If she keeps wailing on, you know, a, a flanking DPS, she's going to kill them. You know, they got to get out of there, which keeps your healers alive. So. Well, I think this puts her a lot more in line with the other off healers. Um, you know, let you take Zen. Uh, you got a, a Tracer going in to pick the Mercy or the Ana. A good Zen's going to be able to pick her off, or at least send her running. Um, and now Brig might have to spend more time in the back line, you know, peeling a little bit as opposed to standing next to Ryan and just swinging away and making everyone unkillable. So. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't I'm, I'm just curious if it's, if this changes the way she's played cuz I mean, I think originally they 
they wanted her to kind of help the back line, but that doesn't necessarily happen, right? Usually the back line has to come to the brig if mm-hmm. there are flankers, you know, to draw the flankers. And most of the time the brig is fighting up front, which kind of makes sense because brig has to, in order for her heals to actually work, she has to be damaging somebody. I mean, you do get the armor that you get to throw out or the, uh, oh man, what is it called? The, is, what is the ability? Is it repair the armor pack? pack? The uh, repair yeah. pack, yeah. You get the repair pack that you throw out but if you want to do constant healing, like your best bet is to, uh, you know, be in a team fight. If you just have flankers, especially good flankers, like they'll do it, they'll, they'll do a decent job at staying away from the brig, you know. Uh, but I am curious to see if this helps because I, I mean, the biggest, the biggest problem I can see is that it, you know, you not the problem I should say, the, but the the biggest effect I can see is that you're not going to do the combo and tracer anymore. But other than that, you can still bash and do the other things that you were doing before. Sans bashing through a shield, which I think is okay. Yeah, you I know? mean, she loses the entirety of her. The thing about it is she uses all of the utility that she has currently in this meta. Uh, you no longer uh, can go frontline with her and take out Orion or really even support your Orion too much. Uh, and you can't shut down uh, Dive like you could before. Yeah, you can help it. But you're not going to shut it down, and it's not going to be a huge deterrent by herself uh, like she was before. So comps are going to have to change. Uh, the way that she's played is absolutely not going to work anymore. And the big thing about that is if her only utility is kind of helping in backline, helping dive, uh, and not being frontline anymore in the shit with the fights, uh, Inspire is not going to do a damn thing. Um, right. You, you, can't, you can't survive off that alone. Uh, she's still pretty potent uh, in team fights by herself, and she's you know obviously still pretty tanky. Uh, so maybe she's not completely useless uh, if you're in one-on-one close-up team fights and shit like that. But at the same time, it's like where does she fit in? I I I can't right now as as the game is right now. I don't know where she really fits in a comp. I mean, she, she's already lowest healing output per second, I believe, um, even with the buff. I still think everyone outside of Zen, probably. Um, I think they need to really look at a rework as opposed to trying to do this, because this kind of makes her not viable anymore. And um, maybe this is where the uh, anti-CC support comes in, because she would make sense as an anti-CC support, honestly. Right. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're right. Like, if she she can be she can protect the healers in the back end, but what or the healer I should say because she's a support herself. So, do you have one main support and then a brig, which is basically a bodyguard for the main support, and all she does is protect the main support? That almost means you're solo healing, you know? At, at yeah, because she's not healing right. at that point without Inspire being active. Right. right. I mean, her they would have to re, they would have to reduce her repair pack pretty. The, the the cooldown for pretty far to make her a more effective healer. Yeah, and that would and make her burst was, healing insane if they didn't nerf how much it healed. Exactly. That's that's kind of thing. They have to play a balancing act with that. With this change going live, because I mean, let's be real, it, it's gonna go live. Mm-hmm. Um, with this change going live, her best bet is probably to hang around tanks because, you know she'll be the most effective there at keeping tanks alive while they're fighting, you know, multiple groups and, you know, just doing tank shit, <laughs> you know, basically like, <laughs> doing you know, helping shit. out them. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Helping out Reinhardt and stuff like that. It's probably gonna be her best bet. Um, but like she's not gonna have you're right, she's not gonna be as effective as she is, because right now she is like a threat. When you see Brig coming up, you back away. Being able to do like an instant fifty damage, that's says a lot. <laughs> you know, that that's that's a good chunk of damage, especially after you've been hitting but somebody. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And actually, as we um we saw with the you know if you looked at the, if you well watch that what Bob saw when he talked about last week, where if uh oh I think it was with the Overwatch League viewer where Brig didn't even come into contact with a player, and the damage registered before she came into contact with the player, so the hitbox was pretty big. So you know <laughs> that 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 that's a it's a pretty big advantage they're taking away from her. I, I am curious to see how it goes. Like. With something like maybe goats, it would still be worth it. With goats specifically, because everybody's really close together. Everybody's kind of just, uh, you know, they're in one big death ball. Any type of death ball comp, which actually, to be honest with you, those are my favorite type of types of compositions. Death balls where you go in and everybody's fighting, mm-hmm. like you know, it's like a, it's like an eighties kung fu movie in there. Everybody's <laughs> like fucking somebody up. Like that's that is my favorite way to play Overwatch. So I don't mind deathfall compositions, <laughs> uh, but if you have to make the choice between you know helping the back line and helping the front line, yeah, she's still probably better in the in the front line. But now she can't easily deal with the threats of the back line. Right. So Goat, goats will still be really potent. Um, you'll just have to have your Ryan be a little more self aware that he's not going to get free shatters every time Brig you know gives it to him. Um, right. So it'll yeah. change the way Ryan has to play um, in goats, but goats will still be potent. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it's really effective right now. That's not going to change one just because she can't right. put out as much damage. One thing I have noticed uh, is that with a brig out of pretty much out of it right now, uh, Winston is back. He's back hard. <laughs> God, he's good right now. Um, uh, I played a little bit on PTR today. I uh, played Winston, and I haven't had so much fun on the monkey in I don't know how damn long. I think one thing that we're not looking at, I just thought about, is we're looking at like you know the damage of her stun and what she was doing with stun before, right? Which is basically just hitting, like stopping somebody, doing a bunch of damage, and then you know wearing them down, right. hitting a Reinhardt, <laughs> dropping the shield. But we're not looking at the utility of stun and everything else it could do. Right, like Roadhog alts, you stop it. Moira alts, you stop it. Winston comes in, drops down in the bubble. He's like, you know, harassing people, getting ready to jump out. You stop it, just like you know, you can you can you can stop things dead. Death Squad OG is in chat right now. I saw him stop May alts twice by reading her. Red May twice. I didn't know Most you could stun May Avenal. Huh? What is that? I didn't know you could stun May Avenal. You can stun me out of an ult. Yeah. You can stun me out right out of an ult. Like, he, like, he, I, I, it was crazy. I was, like, super impressed. I was like, wow. You, I thought yeah. the first time he did it by accident, and then he did it again. I was like, oh, he did that shit on purpose. <laughs> I do stop like, Reaper yeah. ults a lot. Like, uh, like Bob saying in the yeah. chat. Yeah, you can also stop Reaper ults. If you play her smart, she can, with a regular ability that is on an okay cooldown, you know, seven seconds now. She can be a she can pretty much stop an enemy alt dead in its tracks, you know, right. and that is very valuable. The question is, will the community play that way? You know, right? 
I think the one they'll, uh, considering their philosophy with things right now, uh, my prediction, the Josh Tradamus prediction uh, that I have for it is they will leave it as it is now in PTR and then reduce it to six seconds instead of uh, instead of the way it is now. Mm-hmm. Reduce our bash again. Uh, and that'll give Maybe. her the ability to stop things like that, but she also won't be able to do shit like as far as straight up killing Tracer, you know. Right. Well, you still run into that. Like, if they reduce it again, though, you still run into the issue of too much being able to do too much CC because the bash. I'm being not saying it's stunned, good. I'm just saying that's yeah. probably what they will do. <laughs> right. Yeah. The, being stunned on your own. Like, I mean, imagine being a Lucio and you're trying to get around. Remember, it is an eight meter dash that she can it's, do. Yeah. She can just jump out of nowhere and bash you. Yeah. It is an eight meter dash that she can do. And, uh, yeah, like she, it's, I, I, it can be viable to play properly, but the issue that you run into is that people break down the games, right? And even though it can be used in a powerful way, like if, if something else, if like another uh, composition can be run or another character can be used and be more effective, then that's just what how the game is going to play. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, sometimes if you like, if you like a really, really good brig uh, in lower ranks, maybe. You know, you can you can surprise an enemy team like, oh, this guy's running brig, ah, what a joke, and then you just cancel all of their ultimates. He's laughing now, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's a, that's a really powerful utility if that's the way you decide to play her and like focus on that. I mean, that's that's more powerful than any other ability in the game if that's what you're using it for, right there. Right now, something I do really love to do on brig that's not necessarily a kill shot uh, is. If you have a an enemy diva that throws out her mech and throws it out for self destruct, wait till she goes to call it back and then stun her mid call and she loses it. It's fucking amazing. It's so satisfying. Oh yeah, it is really fucking hilarious. Like <laughs> to do that. Uh, actually, uh, just a quick. We were going to move on, but just a quick uh, thing I did a few weeks ago uh, where I was playing. I was playing on my practice account. I was like playing Sombra and. Um, this diva from the other team just wouldn't shut the fuck up. <laughs> and the team, well, their team wasn't playing that great anyway. So I caught the diva by herself, got her out of mech. And then uh, I just kept hacking her. I didn't kill her. I just kept <laughs> hacking her. I just kept hacking her so she couldn't get into her mech. <laughs> like, uh, that's fun too, by the way. But well, let's uh, move on to Doomfist. So Doomfist is also getting a series of nerfs. Uh, first of all, loss of air control during rising uppercut was was reduced from three seconds to 0.6 seconds. Uh, seismic slam range was reduced from 20 meters to 15 meters, and uh, victims no longer lose air control while being pulled in. Meteor strike the inner ring, the inner ring damage radius increased from 1.5 meters to two meters. This is the, where this is. The ring where a meteor strike deals full damage at 300 at 300 damage. The max damage outside of the inner ring was decreased from 300 to 200. This is where the ring, where uh, this is the ring where the damage falloff happens, which re- which still reduces the damage down to a 15 max range. So, um, actually, did they put? I wonder if they put that in the right place because seismic slam doesn't have a 15 meter range. I think that was in the wrong place. Um, Meteor Strike has a has like the 15 minute range because that's the right. that's the that's the element. So I think that was a um a typo in the uh, 
in the patch notes, or at least in the forums. I don't know if they have it on the the app itself, but either way. So, Meteor Strike, the person who Doomfist actually is targeting, I mean, they're gonna die. And it's so the, that that ring is a little bit bigger now, so maybe he can catch somebody else. But the outer ring, like you get hit with less damage, and uh, it's also a smaller range. So you know what Doomfist could do before was he could you know kill somebody with with it with the seismic slam, and then he could immediately go and try to hit another person who was also in the ring, but you know it just did some damage. So they're trying to rein that in a little bit. I don't think that that is that bad, considering the fact that, and we're going to get into this a little later, I, I think, with the state of Overwatch, the, the fact that, you know, Meteor Strike is one of those abilities that you really don't have too much counterplay. With the movement speed of the average, you know, character in Overwatch, by the time you see the red circle, as long as the Doomfist can aim, he's going to hit you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if he can aim properly, he is going to hit you, uh, and any decent Doomfist is going to do that. So I don't really have a problem with that. Actually, I don't have a problem with any of this. But I think the biggest problem that people are uh, are, are pissed about is the seismic slam um, change, where victims, uh, where the uh, the victims are no longer losing air control when being pulled in. Because what would happen before is that you'd he'd hit it. It'll pull the enemy in. They couldn't control where they were going. And then he just follows up with like a rising uppercut. Right? right. And that's how he did his, his combo. And the rising uppercut, I mean, even the air control on that has been reduced. Like, used to be three seconds in the air. You can't do shit. Now it's only 0. 0.06 seconds. So that means in the air, you can move left or right. You know, basically, this, this entire change is going to result and Doomfist having to aim more when doing his abilities. All right. Um, now, one thing I dislike more than the loss of control, because that, that gives counterplay. I, I pretty much okay with that. Uh, they probably are going to have to make some other adjustments because that's tough. But the seismic slam range, uh, or, or is that the one that was a typo? I think that's a typo, but let me see. That if I may can... be the range for how far out you can trigger your seismic slam because that's the one with the cone. Uh, and 20 to 15 sounds about right for that. Yeah, that's um, what I'm reading on right now. It says maximum range reduced from 20 to 15 meters. Right. And if that's yeah, the case I'm, where you can only go 15 meters out instead of 20, that's a big nerf because in Seismic Slam, you can catch a lot of edges like that. That's a big escape. That's a big uh, big thing for people that play him very well, like doing the whole uh, uppercut and then Seismic Slam off a of roofs thing. Uh, right, yeah, Seismic Slam is actually a 20 meter range. I didn't realize that. That's pretty fucking far, but go ahead. I'm sorry, Kendra, I interrupted you. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying, that, like, for skilled Doomfists, that's, uh, that's a bread and butter thing. Uh, even if you do lose the control and all and have that counterplay, not being able to do what you can do and, and have that kind of skill play with Doomfist is going to hurt. Well, that takes uh, away some of the moves that if you've watched uh, Hydration. Uh, from Overwatch League, play Doomfist on Temple of Anubis from the first attack point. He can get all the way to that high ground where people like to put uh, an Orisa up there with May. He can get there right now to disrupt that. And with this nerf, you won't be able to do something like that, like what you're talking right. about, Kinder. It really changes the way you can play him in a really, like, again, with the highest skill ceiling ability to do. Because it's not easy to do for people. 
Right. And now it kind of just takes that ability away, which is a big nerf, like you said. I'm not sad to see it go. <laughs> well, I'm not mad about it. <laughs> I'm not mad about it personally. Like, All three of us uh, play a lot of Ryan. I don't think anyone's crying over here. <laughs> uh, well, and actually, I, I personally really like playing Doomfist. Uh, and it does seem a little unfair when you're getting hit by a Doomfist and you know you can't move your mobile, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, personally, I think if they were going to nerf something, nerf his armor that he gets for abilities. Uh, that would be the biggest, hugest thing uh, about nerfing Doomfist effectively without breaking him uh and i also agree with his ultimate change that should probably i would if it were me i would make his ultimate do significantly less damage but have a huge knockback uh that would be a great disruption ult um really good for points that have a lot of ground that you can boot people off of things like that without being like there's no counterplay to this you know what i mean right right i uh, gotcha yeah, I mean, the, the seismic slam range reduced from 20 to 15 meters. That's just a plus for me, but I, I mean, I don't, I don't really think it was that necessary. The air control thing was probably way more helpful. People like me, I've been playing tons of support. I haven't been playing that much tank recently. I've been playing tons of support, like with Anna and, you know, Zen, even Brig. Uh, and Brig is not an issue, but definitely with Anna, like, it's, it's such a pain in the ass. Anna and Zen, such a pain in the ass dealing with Doomfist because. I mean, he, as a flanker, like, he's not like a Genji, right? He's not like Tracer, right? Where Genji and Tracer, if a Tracer one-clips you, that's a really good Tracer. Or very lucky Tracer. I one-clip somebody one time, total luck. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> if, if, if a Tracer one-clips you, that's a really good Tracer. Genji, same thing. Genji doesn't just come in two seconds later and, and he kills you. If a Genji kills you pretty uh, quickly, that means he's usually a pretty good Genji, because that means he hit his shots and he did the dash, and that, that's how Genji kills you quickly. I would know him as in uh, uh, one of my favorite characters plays Zenyatta. So, um, with Doomfist, he's a character that kind of just jumps in, and when he jumps in, he has you immobile. And then he will either punch you into a wall, or he will uppercut you into the air and shotgun you at close range, and you're dead. You know? And he has a huge health. You know, it just, it's, I'm not going to say it's like too easy, but it's, it is too fast. easy though. <laughs> like it's, 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 it's too easy in conjunction with all the shields that he gets. Cause I like what Kinder said about if you kind of take away the amount of shields he gets, then he has to be a little more selective with how big of a group of people he jumps into. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's akin to the Brig Bash, you know, it's a little bit too much reward for the little amount of risk because any, you know, feasible doom He's going to get in there, kill someone. He's going to be out of there and there's nothing you can do about it um, for the most part. Right. Right. And yeah. That, that's like, the thing that separates the good dooms from the bad dooms is that shield management. Um, if you can get two or three people in one move, get in, get out real quick and then wait for your cooldowns, go back in with those shields. That's generally the best way to play them is uh, mm -hmm. get those shields first. You don't really go in looking for your initial picks. If you go in bare bones Doomfist and try to get those kills, generally, you're going to get your ass waxed. Right. And nobody likes to wax the ass. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see how. Uh, I mean, I'm not, see how I'm not opposed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so here, let's, we'll see how uh, 
we'll see how this this works out. But more than likely, I mean, it's the PTR. Most of the time, these mm-hmm. changes do come through. Uh, McCree, his alt fire damage has increased from forty five to fifty five. I didn't see that coming. I didn't really think it was an issue, to be honest with you. Um, but what? Okay, I, I, I guess. What's what fun- most? Go ahead. I was going to say what's funny about that is they nerfed that a long time ago um, because they said it made McCree too much of a tank buster. You know, you right click, roll, right click by Roadhog. <laughs> and now they're putting him back in that role, apparently. And I think they're doing that because they've played with Ash in a setting mm-hmm. we haven't gotten to see yet. So they might be doing this because Ash kind of replaces his role in that mid range. So right. maybe he becomes akin to a, a tank buster again. You know, like a different kind of Reaper, almost. Yeah, but we're looking at all kinds of power creep again. Oh, oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like I'm just like, okay, I guess that's what you want to do. Because to be honest with you, as like usually when I, if I'm as not a tank, right? If a McCree stuns me, whether he fans the hammer or he headshots me, I'm probably gonna die if he's a decent McCree. The only McCrees that you're not gonna die from are the ones who aren't decent. Right, and this might help them a little bit, but right, I think I think Ben's right that and it, this is gonna just do more damage against tanks. So right, and not to mention, just also remember his role was recently buffed so that he can do it more often. Right, <laughs> we're we're gonna see a lot of right click roll, right click. I think yeah. Um, so and, and again, I think it might be in preparation for Ash more or less replacing what he does best because she's gonna do it better. Right. At least Maybe. in the games that I've seen. Yeah, I've, always to find a spot his, for him. I've always wondered why his flashbang wasn't an actual like flashbang and like flashed your screen or something like in, in some in some games rather than the actual That would CC. make more sense. Yeah. That it would blind you more than stun you. <laughs> yeah. Like I think that's a better mechanic, honestly, too, because there have there's so many stunts in the game. Mm-hmm. Why not make your you know, shield go white, you get that ringing in your ears and you gotta just hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean this is the thing where they can see that a, char- a character going out of favor because another character came in, and now they're trying to keep that character viable. It's just a bad balancing philosophy. There was no reason to to do that to McCree. I I, I don't I don't yeah I mean whatever <laughs> I, I, there's just no reason for it, especially like to to preempt it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. It's not like McCree <laughs> has a terrible pick rate right now. It's just that he's one of those characters that had that requires a bit more skill to play. Unless they're a soldier, he's definitely not as forgiving as Soldier seventy six, you know. But you know, if you're gonna pick like a hit scan to go up against a pharmacy, you know, uh, the McCree is probably better than a soldier, but he's harder to play. So, <laughs> you know, there, there's a trade off, which that's a good thing. Uh, soldier seventy six got a change. I don't wouldn't necessarily call it a buff, but his heals rockets or nerf his heals rockets no longer auto turret during the ultimate. So what was happening before is that if you use Helix Rockets, it would shoot to where the player was, right? Because it auto, um, auto-targeted. But now if you, you know, aim wherever you aim, that's where it goes. So it's actually, I guess technically speaking, it's more of a buff if you use it properly. So that's what's happened with Soldier. Torbjorn, Molten Core damage increased from 130 to 160. No idea actually why they, i know they put notes in here they put notes in for this let me just pull those up this is terrifying i saw the strength of torb's ultimate today with a guy i was playing with he's a torb main that's all he <clears> plays <throat> and he with me pulling people with arissa 
up in the air and him throwing it down. Oh, I, this is going to be ridiculous. bad. It's ridiculous as it is. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I this do is not. The, this is going to be bad. This. Yeah, like let's see. They they have to have some notes here for Torb. One second, let me find them real quick. Uh, fourteenth. Here we go. Torbjorn, Torbjorn. While the Molten Core damage pools were intended to provide players with tools for area denial, they weren't proving threatening enough to deter enemies for a significant amount of time because the damage was too low. What? <laughs> I don't know. Who is where? Are they looking at bronze players? <laughs> is that what's going on? Those are the only people I can imagine actually. Oh, this isn't that bad. And stepping into the goddamn uh, into the pools, like I don't. I, I don't understand it. I don't. I, I like, who are they playing Overwatch with? You know, one thirty to one sixty. If anything, Torb needs nerfs. Like, what game are they playing? I, like, do I, not I don't know. Get it. <laughs> it's gonna I, be scary. Point, I, I need to go take a look at the at the comments and this thread to see what people are saying about that because I can't see anyone agreeing with that. Not one person I talk to think that's a good idea. So, but that was that. That was insane to me <laughs> that was happening but those are the ptr changes it's, it's unlikely that they won't go live i mean that's what happens like when something hits the ptr unless it's incredibly broken it does it, it goes live so we'll see and we'll keep an eye out to see when they're actually going to push these <clears throat> changes through because you will need to know especially for brig and doomfist like there's some people who don't pay attention to patch notes and they're gonna go in there and try to play Brig and Doomfist and wonder what happened. Yeah, yeah. This these these changes will change the way games played pretty uh, severely. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen how Brig's uh, Brig's stun interacts with all the shields now? Like even mm-hmm. Winston Bubble, it just stops dead on it. You just stop. Yeah. Just stop. Yeah. If if half yeah. of him mm-hmm. is out of the shield, um, at least fifty percent of him, then it hits. Because um, I saw. Can't remember who was doing testing on it, but um, if fifty percent of his body mass is like outside of the shield, um, then it registers and it stuns him. But right. uh, you can't depend on that, obviously, with people strafing in and out of Winston doing his dance. That's right, not yeah. dependable. So right, and I, I I'm hoping that that's just a bug that they'll fix and not like something to do with how their hitboxes actually work. And I wonder if. Because we talked about that perception issue last week, and sometimes you can think you're through a shield or in back of a shield, and you're not because of the way the camera works on Overwatch. And I wonder if we're going to run into issues where somebody tries to do a stun, but they're not actually through the shield the way they think they are. Right. Right. Especially the shield curves like Winston's bubble. Like if you're if most of your shield is through, but let's say the top tip of your shield is, you know, still outside the Winston shield, does it stop you? I was uh, screaming at the screen last week when you were talking about that because Uh I've been getting with with how frequently see Anna now I've been getting slept as Arissa behind my shield more than I ever have because like the tip of the gun is out of the shield and if any bit of you like you said anybody is out of that shield you're getting slept and it's it's frustrating yes yes so let's move into what everybody's been talking about let's talk about the state of Overwatch and I think we do every week you know, let's <laughs> talk about the state of Overwatch. And, and the community is a buzz because Seagull, uh, he made a video about the state of Overwatch. Um, and he said he's really nervous about making a video because he usually doesn't make that type of content. Uh, but he basically talked about 
a bunch of stuff that we've talked about before that actually Overwatch content creators in general have talked about before, right? Uh, but now, now that he's not in his uh, pro player bubble, and that's what he said, you know, that's yeah, not what we're words, saying. That's what he said. His <laughs> words, our, not ours, that he's able to see more of the problems of Overwatch. And I was like, well, no shit. Like, the game plays differently when you don't have a team of professionals surrounding you when you're playing other professionals. Like, it gets a little unpredictable and some of, and some of the problems start to come out. So I just kind of want to run through some of the things they talked about. And I think the one point that he made that I guess we just don't talk about too much is uh, the fact that Overwatch relies on a lot of hard counters now, which, well, I don't know, now that Briggs getting nerfed, that conversation may change a little bit. But <laughs> and that was the main one he, yeah, and Doomfist. That was like the main one he brought up was Brig and how, you know, if you're playing a Tracer versus a Brigitte, that, tra- that Tracer doesn't switch, you're going to lose. To that, I will say, I say, though, that he still plays at a grandmaster level. You gotta remember that. He still plays at a grandmaster level. And I think the game is definitely way more defined at that elo. Once you start coming down to like the bulk elo where the bulk of players are, um, I wouldn't recommend playing a tracer into a brig. However, I have definitely seen tracers dance around Brigitte's or stay away from Brigitte's, just like I've seen Winston's be able to stay away from Reapers and stuff like that in the in the lower elos because not everybody is sharp and doing 100% what they need to do all the time. So it's not a, a complete death sentence in the lower elos, but still he has a, a good point that, you know, um, in the in the higher levels, like, you know, you, you, uh, you definitely need harder counters. Like, okay, well, this person's playing this character. I can't play this character, you know? Like, right. this person's playing Widow... I am not going to play Farrah, but actually, no, he even mentioned that. He said a, a Farrah can still play against a Widow, depending on how they play, but um, a, a Brig, if somebody's playing Brig, you just really don't, you know, you don't play a Tracer. So the game is essentially less about options and skills and more about picks, is what he's saying. Um, he also brought up the fact that there's no stats. Well, yeah, we've been wanting stats for a yeah. long time. And there's, I, think, there's I, definitely... I think the first episode I came on, that was the conversations like, we need stats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and like these conversations have been going on for a long time about whether or not stats should be competitive because some people are like, well, it's going to make people more toxic. And okay, if you're going to talk to me about quick play, I'm like, okay, fine, keep stats out of quick play. But for competitive, we need stats. We need to see what's happening in-game live. You know, we need to see what, what you know, what's kind of going on. Um, but, you know, like I said, that is a conversation that's been happening for quite some time. It says that the gameplay is not ladder friendly. And, um, I mean, technically speaking, that's true. Because he's, at this point, he's talking about um, playing from a solo queue perspective. And you're playing in a solo, you're playing solo queue in a game that's designed for 6v6 teamwork. Well, no shit. Like, yes, that that is gonna <laughs> cause quite a bit of a problem. You know, like it, it, the game is not ladder friendly. But I want to kind of dive into that a little bit later because you gotta the community has to make a choice, right? Do you want the beat game to be played competitive or do you want it to be fun? Do you want it to be balanced for six v sixteen play or do you want it to be balanced for solo queue? Because if you balance it for solo queue, you're gonna imbalance it for six v six teams. If you balance it for 66 teams, it's going to be harder to play solo queue. You know, that's right. just kind of the way it is. You can't have both. 
you got to choose choose a path. Um, but like I said, I want to kind of get into that a little a little later. And then you also talk about snowballing, which is something that I have seen over the past few months, actually, yeah, over the past year, be more and more prevalent, right? Like you're playing a game, your whole and actually isn't like goats is kind of based on this, right? Like you go in and you're just trying to build up your ult so you can pop them all at one time and then blow through the team if you don't successfully get to the point in the first place, right? Like you just may get to the point and be able to fight off the enemy team. But the the secondary function of goats is to help build up your ultimates and stuff like that. Um but I mean I've I've played so many games where you are doing a great job beating the shit out of the enemy team, like defending your point or whatever, right? Like you're defending your point, they're not making it through the first choke. And then two minutes pass and now they have, you know, three, four ultimates and they just pop them one after another. And it's kind of like, unless you have a certain amount of ultimates on your side, you're also, you're not going to be able to take, you're not going to be able to deal with that, right? If you get a decent Genji that gets nano, that does nano blade, and you don't have a Zenyatta alt ready to go, or maybe a Lucio alt ready to go, what you're going to do? You know, it's right. really, you, you have no option to that. Your counterplay option was to, uh, was to have your ultimate, right? Which you can say, you could say that, okay, well, you should have, you know, held your ultimate instead of using it. But what if their Genji was able to build his ultimate pretty fast? Like, your team is beating the shit out of their team, so their Ana also builds her ultimate pretty fast. I mean, I build ultimate pretty fast Ana, and I'm not even, I'm okay with Ana. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I have Nano almost all the time. Like, it's nothing for me to use a Nano, because I know I'll get it back pretty quickly. Um I mean that's the two sides of this coin too. Like if right. your if your team's getting shellacked at that choke, your supports if they're at least doing what they're supposed to be doing, they're gonna have their ults ready. And with as as powerful as Nano is right now, you're 100 percent right. Unless you have those defensive support ults like Zen ready, then they're a competent Genji's gonna wipe you. Right. Right. But He's gonna three picks, and then that's gonna be that. But even the thing about the, if you're especially if we're talking about Nano Blade, if the if the if the ult is uh for for nanoblade let's say genji ults for nanoblade you still have anna's anti to help which is is basically an ult yeah (laughs) it's an ult on (laughs) cooldown to help with that or if you have like let's say lucio then you probably will you know maybe have the sombra as a backup to clear their ultimates and stuff like that but yeah i mean the one of the things he kind of brought up was the fact that you know in the beginning of Overwatch, more characters' ultimates had more counterplay, right? right. Soldier does his ultimate. Your counterplay is to not see Soldier. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, Farah has, you know, Farah's ultimate had her counterplay. Ryan ultimate had his counterplay. There were only a few, I'm trying to think, of there, there were a few ultimates that didn't have counterplay. Like Transcendence didn't have counterplay, but it's a defensive ult. Widowmaker's um, uh, uh, ultimate didn't have a defensive didn't have a counter because it's just information right it's good well, to be fair her ult is only useful in like a good widow's hands otherwise it's just a waste of an ult you know right right and even it's, even grav has te- technically still has counterplay but uh with diva's defense matrix it was in theory supposed to be counterplay diva's defense matrix the counterplay is clearly symmetric teleporter it <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> is fun to do <laughs> Clearly, Symmetra's teleporter. Kendra, what game have you been playing? <laughs> no, but um, yeah, that's the thing. Like the a lot of the ultimates had just way more 
counterplay to it. I mean, and current ultimates do have counterplay, like, you know, Hammond's ultimate. Ryan and Brig can clear them pretty quickly, even though for some reason I don't see them doing that that often anymore. When Hammond's ult first came out, I saw I would see a Ryan and a Brig clear that field like it was nothing. Now, I kill so many of them. Because they know, just it was happening go the day, into it. I, what happened? <laughs> Did they just get lazy? <laughs> uh, I, I, I use the whole Ryan, like using the Ryan shield and spinning around and clear them all really fast before they get anybody. And uh, yeah. what, what, was it you that was like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> Someone was like, uh, <laughs> yeah. look, I'm c- c- clearing the fucking mind. You're supposed to swing at them. I, this is faster. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. I can remember that. Um, yeah. I noticed today going against the Hammond, um, I was swinging my hammer and I don't know if it's maybe in line with the ping issues that people have been having, but the hits weren't registering until like two seconds later. Like they were already floating above the ground. So they were activated and they weren't active. They weren't taking the hits and it, they killed me as I was swinging at all of them. Um, and then with huh. Brig, I'm doing the same thing. They took more hits uh, than I remember them taking the last time I did it. Man, so that sounds I, it like might be something wonky issue. going on. Yeah. That, and that's, yeah. Like, that's all it could be potentially. Yeah. So, but yeah, I mean, like, if you look at well, Doomfist Ultimate, like, for such a powerful ultimate, where's your counterplay? Because, especially because of the, mo- like, you know, the movement speed of the average player, right? If you have a movement ability, maybe like Soldier or a Genji Dash or a Diva boosters, okay, Ryan, even Ryan can charge away. Okay, like, yeah, that, but the average, like, most players, like, there's, if you just see the red beam on you, it's like, you know, close encounters at the third kind is like, Take it's me. just Independence <laughs> Day all over again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like you know, there's nothing you could really uh, do about it. And Brig, I mean, well, technically speaking, hers is a defensive ultimate as well. But your your counterplay is to kill Brig as fast as possible <laughs> while she's doing that. You know, so that she can't do it. Um, which fun thing you can also stun Brig out of that <laughs> when you stun you a Brig. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, like it's like it's a split second, and most of the time when I do it, which hasn't been often, it was by accident. <laughs> it was like, you know, I go to the stun and she like pops at the same time. It's like, oh, great, that was awesome, <laughs> you know. But if you like, because it takes like, oh, I have to look it up, but it's like a sh- very very short casting time. Um, I don't even I don't know if you know Death Squad can hit that one. That, that's how short the casting time is, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, and I think that like he brought that up, and that was a good point, too. He did bring up good points, but the thing is, he brought up a lot of the points that he brought up, you know, mainly, like, uh, except with the exception of the hard counters. We've been talking about this for such a long time, and the time for talk is over. We ride at dawn. No. <laughs> but no, I mean, the time for talk is over. It's time for solutions. And that's what I actually want to talk about. I want to talk about solutions. On We're going to start with the Blizzard solutions. What could Blizzard do to help? Because let's be clear, Blizzard cannot fix this 100%. They can't. Because the, big, the biggest problems with Overwatch, because he's talking about mostly technical and gameplay issues. And I know a lot of people are like nodding along and saying, yeah, he's right, he's right, and he is right, because like I said, we've been saying this shit for a long time. But the biggest problems that people are generally having across the board have to do with community, right? Like, what if they fixed all of this? Let's think Blizzard fixed every single thing he mentioned that we've been talking about. 
but you still get somebody on your team that refuses to switch to a viable character for the current composition. You still get somebody that's like, you know, blasting Spice Girls across the comms, you know. <laughs> somebody refusing to come in a team chat. I had somebody you know, the other day blasting the Pokemon theme song. His name was Bulbasaur, to be fair, but he was blasting the Pokemon theme song, and it, it did get us hyped up, but after, like, a minute, it got pretty annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, you know, like, you, you can't fix the, the... Even if the game was perfectly balanced and everything was great on Blizzard's side, you would still have problems playing Overwatch because <laughs> a bulk of the problem comes with the people that you are playing with. The game is balanced for 6v6 uh, collaboration between your teammates. And if you're not getting that and the other team is just doing that just a smidge better, you're going to have a bad time. You know, Saturday night was one of the worst Overwatch experiences I've ever had because we I was in a three stack and we just kept getting the other three people who we get were just assholes each time. And I'm talking about even with the wins that we would get. I only ended 25 SR down that night. And we so we won enough, but goddamn, it was a t- just a horrible experience on Saturday. But um, so let's talk about like I said, we're gonna talk about Blizzard first and what Blizzard could do to help the situation. Um, so first of all, and this is something I brought up, I feel like a broken record, but they need to solidify their balance philosophy. Blizzard has a middle of the road balance philosophy. They've even said that they want comp- recently that their goal with competitive is to make it so that people who are hardcore and Overwatch can play it, but also the person who wants to come home from work and play some Overwatch competitively can play it too. You know, they want to play it and relax. Like, no, competitive Overwatch should not be relaxing. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what quick it plays shouldn't for, be, asshole. <laughs> if you want to come home and relax, you should not be playing competitive Overwatch. You know, that's that shouldn't be like, oh, you know, I'm gonna go home and have a nice game of competitive Overwatch. Like that's that's <laughs> never gonna happen. Like that shouldn't be happening. And Blizzard needs to decide what how they want to balance the game. Do they want the game to be fun or do they want it to be competitive? No one Blizzard, they'd probably go toward fun because that's what they do. That's what they excel at. You know, they excel at fun games uh, that, you know, kind of uh, reach all these different groups. Because if you go to the competitive side, you definitely lose people, right? Like people who play, to, they play Tracer and Quick Play and they love to play Tracer because they love her as a character that are not actually good with Tracer. Those people are out. <laughs> because I don't care how much you love Tracer, dying all the time sucks. <laughs> you know, like it, it, it just wouldn't make you know it 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 wouldn't be as fun. So whenever a game goes more of a competitive route, it does lose players. That's why the people who are playing Overwatch now aren't playing Counter Strike. <laughs> you know, Counter Strike <laughs> is built from the ground up to be competitive, and even that you can you can still find yourself a twenty five man you know, 24 or Dust 2 server and have a good time on a Saturday night. You know, you could do that, but still, it's still, for the most part, built to be competitive and you can have some fun stuff if you want to. But Blizzard would more than likely choose to go with the fun route, right? Like, balance the game for fun. If that was the case, I'd be okay with it as long as they gave the community tools to help with the competitive side of the game, to play the game competitively, right? You know, and one of the tools they've given uh, is, you know, they do have the custom lobbies and stuff like that. So that's cool because you could actually take a game, um, you know, uh, get get 12 people, play 6v6. You can make competitive rules. 
you can adjust uh, certain things on cooldowns, you know, things of that nature, you know, so that um, you can actually play with a competitive rule set. Like that would that I, I would like that would help. I shouldn't say that would help, but I mean that kind of works right now. But they also need um, just I guess it's just tools in general, like better tools to help the uh, the community play competitively. I mean, like I'm trying to. I'm trying to think more realistically here because other games like they like Counter Strike, I guess for example, allows third-party services to do matchmaking and stuff like that. Overwatch does not, so that's kind of like out of the window. You know what I'm saying? I think um, the borrowing from other games, something you can do is. I mean, this is something you said the other night, but then I just thought of this: uh, making competitive less accessible. Um, well, yeah, I was going to hop into that. Yeah, yeah. So if you take a look at one of the few things Destiny did successful was Trials of Osiris when it first came out. You had to have a three-man team. No ifs, ands, or buts. You didn't get to go in without a three-man team. And even in chat, they're saying, uh, if you force people to have a six-stack, I think that solves a lot of those issues immediately, um, which, you know, you can hold each other accountable if you're required to have a six-stack every time going in. Right, yeah. I mean, we could just kind of hop into that. So part of the problem is that competitive is too accessible. I think the fact that you can hop in a game and as soon as the game loads, hit a button that throws into a competitive match, not a great idea, you know, because it, it is too accessible. Anybody can get into it. And uh, it leads to, and on top of that, there are rewards tied to competitive. So, you know, people they need to get rid of that. that. <laughs> they need to get rid of that. That has right. to go. <laughs> right. Yeah. So um, there is an LFG system in place. If they forced you to use LFG to get a six stack to go on a competitive, I think that would be fine to be honest with you or even if you hit the competitive button the matchmaking puts you into a lobby as opposed to putting you into a game right you have all these people looking for you know um you have all these people looking for competitive just put them in a lobby beforehand so there could be some type of like communication or something like that because then you'll know if, if if you go into a lobby and nobody's talking get out of the lobby, you know, maybe, maybe instead of just going into like the auto lobby, you go into an LFG instead, you know, right. um, and or if, if somebody did blast- something good, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, maybe if, if somebody's blasting the Pokemon theme across comms, <laughs> maybe you don't stay in that group. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, uh, if they did do something like that, what they would absolutely need to do to keep uh, a lot of these, a lot of the solo cures happy, uh, would be to, keep competitive deathmatch working uh on the same seasons as uh as regular competitive put it on the front page just like regular competitive is uh instead of hiding it in arcade make it as just as accessible give the same rewards for it or different rewards depending or take them all away take all the rewards for comp away uh, regardless of what you think uh and push it you know push that as the solo queue experience and make it so that you would have to play the team-based game or the solo game. Right. Yeah, I mean, because, like, the 6v6, you know, comp that we have right now is... It is is much better when you have a team to play with. Because you you can run into the same exact problems that you have in your solo queue, but with a a team of six that you know, your conversations go completely different. There's way less tension. There's way more uh, trying to help out and trying to educate because you know that person is probably going to listen to you 
versus you saying something to a Genji you don't know about being out of position or too far out and them telling you to suck his dick because he's he's mad that you said something, you know? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I would not be upset if they made it so that you had to be in a six stack before you entered competitive. Like, that wouldn't be a problem. I think if they slowed down the process, it would be good. So either if they made it so that you can auto-queue and it puts you into a lobby beforehand, so there's some type of communication, you can talk, you can see who you're dealing with, you can check their stats. That's another thing. No private stats in competitive. Turn that off. Turn it's got to go. It's, it's got to go. It doesn't you know, make no, any sense in the game as far as a comp- in the competitive lobby. Yeah, no right. private stats in competitive. Um, that would be huge. But then if they didn't do that, I would say just force people to LFG. I mean, we've had a competitive mode that did that. 3v3 elimination did not have matchmaking. 3v3 elimination, you had to have a team to go with. And I thought it was perfectly fine. I we had a good time when we, um, you know, when when we went in with with our three v three team. So you know, you got good tight matches, and it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a bad experience. But part about big problem with the competitive experience is not necessarily just the game itself. Like, sure, you may get annoyed at Brigitte, but that's compounded with all the other shit that you deal with every other match you play with. You're, you know, you're dealing with jerks or assholes or throwers and stuff like that. It'll actually kind of help the community kind of manage itself because if you get into a lobby with some people that you don't want to deal with, you don't have to play with those people. Right. And I'm going <laughs> to preach this one more time. One more time. Can I get a hallelujah? Clans, guilds, whatever you want to call it. Please, yes. Blizzard. Jesus H Christ. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that that would be tremendous. Like it like it, it would be a huge thing. It would be a huge social tool to help the community find people to group up with. That would be a tremendous help. You know, and we, we we've talked I think we've talked that to death at this point. Oh yeah. But yeah. But, you know, like I said the the community also has to decide what type of game it wants. Like I mentioned earlier, do you want a game that's balanced for solo queue, or do you want a game that's balanced for competition, like six v six competition? One of the I'll end of the day, th- too. I think that's part of where Blizzard has to make a decision what they want this game to do. Is it, you know, accessible for the solo player, or is it a competitive six v six game? Because exactly, you're, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna turn off the solo players if you gear it towards six v six. But gearing it towards the accessible solo queue is what's it, what it's what's turned it into what it is now. So yes. obviously that experiment I don't think worked because we're having you know what the most popular Overwatch player you know arguably saying the same thing we've been saying for two years now. Yeah. You know, so maybe they you know veer a little bit and kind of lean in on the six v six aspect of it, which is why the how the game was designed to begin with. You know, exactly. Anyone will tell you it's more fun playing in a six stack. Right. It it always will be, you know, and if the top tier players in the top 500 don't like it, whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fine. I mean, people always suggested as well that there's at least two queues. There's like a solo queue and a six stack queue. But Blizzard yeah, is fine. really worried about breaking up their their population. They're really worried about that. I'm like, they're like it's fine. Like I've seen games that have substantially lower population than Overwatch um, survive and do well in, in a competitive sense, you know. Um, Blizzard likes to control every aspect of their game. 
And if they let the control go a little bit in terms of the competitive aspect of it, I think the community would be better for it because then they can cater to the people who want to do the fun stuff and the, play the solo stuff. Okay, fine. You go ahead and do that. But you also have to supply the community with tools to be able to, you know, manage themselves. Right. I'm going to give you an episode title here, too. If you love it, let it go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. If you love it, let it go. But like I said, Blizzard isn't the main culprit here. Right, they're not the main culprit because even when we were talking about what Blizzard can do, it also it kind of s- centered around the fact that you're playing with people that you don't want to play with. You're playing with, you know, trolls. You're playing with dicks. You're, you know, you're not. They, that that's a big part of the problem. Yes, they need to work on balance issues in the game for sure. But I think the game would be way more uh, like there'll be just way less um, anxiety about it if you could control your experience a bit better. And that comes down to the community. So what could you do now? Because all that stuff we talked about with Blizzard, they might do it, possibly, maybe, maybe not. But here are things that you can do right now to improve your, uh, your, your experience with Overwatch, right? So most players sit in lower ranks. When I say lower ranks, that I'm talking about bronze to, to platinum. Some people don't include platinum, but at least half a platinum is a lower rank. I'm sorry, it is. It, it, it is. It is. I know. I was there. It is <laughs> at least half a platinum was a lower, is a lower rank. Okay. Um, and a big problem that pe- when I hear people arguing, I listen to two people argue uh, about whether or not we should have, uh, you know, pushed into the the team spawn once we you know finish the team fight or something like that right and i don't know what they heard with each other but they were essentially saying the same thing which was wrong that we shouldn't have done it but we 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 should have they were actually on the same size (laughs) i wish i would have recorded the argument because i was so confused but part of the problem that i see in the lower ranks you know when i play there is that people start arguments or they get angry or they start flaming about something that they don't need to flame about. It's something they need to argue about, something that should never came up in the first place because it was bad information. They essentially don't know how to play the game properly, and that's an issue. So a lot of players, um, I think their experience would get better if they actually knew how to play Overwatch properly, especially if like you're in bronze or in silver. Um, I talk to you know bronze players who think they should be in gold, or silver players who think they should be in gold and plat, I'm gonna drop a truth bomb on you. If you may, if you're in bronze, you put yourself there. If you're in silver, you put yourself there. Um, and you may be, you may have put yourself there and now are a bit better. But if you're in bronze, I doubt you should be in gold. At best, you should be in silver. And at that point, you should still you still there's a lot to learn. You know, if you're in silver, maybe you do, you should be in gold, but not plat. You know. Um, so there's a lot of education that I think play like if players, you know, if they indulge themselves in the education, it would actually improve their Overwatch experience. And then they could also relay that information in game when it works, <laughs> you know. Right. And there's just tons of resources out there, right? Um, you know, obviously we have prepared to attack. That's a good resource. But OmniClab <laughs> nice does shows. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to plug it, but good for you. <laughs> yeah, OmniClab does shows every week. If you're trying to figure out how to play Overwatch and you need consistent content like that, just subscribe to OmniClab after you subscribe to Prepare to Attack. 
But, but you know, you subscribe to OmniClab. Uh, there's tons of content out on YouTube. You can find out how to play the game, and you'd be surprised at what you're doing wrong. You know, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and their mercy settings were all wrong. Like they had toggle, they had um, oh god, guardian angel toggle on versus just press. Like, come on, nah, nah, son, don't do that. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's one thing. So I think players can educate themselves better, and that would really help out overall. Um, also. We've been preaching this for the past few episodes. Um, join or create communities for people to join. And in those communities, play with other people. You know? That's similar to a clan. Yeah, similar a to a clan, or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but like we, we said what you could do right now, there are there is no clan system, but there's Discords, there's Reddits, you know, join a community and play with people in those communities. And I, I need to stress this again. When you start playing with people, like in a six stack and stuff like that, it doesn't mean you're going to instantaneously start winning. Like you need to, you know, especially if you're in a six stack, you need to start playing together. You need to play together, like, you know, more frequently so you can learn each other, figure each other out. And that would definitely help you out. Um, but it will improve your experience if you're playing with somebody who you want to play with, you know. It because also you, really quickly forces you to understand the game at a at a much higher level. Yeah. Um, you know, because when you're playing with other people that you play with regularly, you're going to take constructive criticism a lot better than some random dick on the internet telling you how to play the game you want to play. You know, and that's, that's where the toxicity comes in is people don't want to be told how to play, especially if, well, I've got golds. So you don't know. You can't tell me I'm doing something wrong. You know, and, and that's that's a different argument, obviously. Right. It, it's kind of like how uh, what Dave Grohl said about starting a band. You're just going to have to go in the garage and suck for a while mm-hmm. and then just get a little bit better every day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, yeah, join, and that kind of like joining, like, you know, the, the communities and starting to play with people kind of leads into my next point of joining or creating leagues and teams outside of the Overwatch client. Because some of my my favorite experiences uh, playing like Unreal Tournament and Counter Strike was when I was with my team and we would play scrims five v five or five v five CTF in in UTA four. That was the most fun we had playing the game because even if you lost, it was still constructive because you learned. You know, you lose, you break down what happened. You know. And then you just get better at the game that way. So next time you come across those situations, it ain't so bad, you know. It generally speaking, like just you know, playing with the same people and over and over and over again, you will get better as a team. You get more comfortable playing with people, right? You know, and that's part of uh, that's part of the key, right? Like you don't have to, as a Reinhardt, when I'm playing with people that I know, like when I'm playing with Kinder. I don't have to look behind me nearly as much as I do when I'm playing solo or I'm playing with a team of people that I don't know. You know, like, okay, is everybody here? Is everybody here? Like, I don't have to worry about that. You know, I, 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 I don't have to actually, I mean, shit, we had that, that, that highlight that I put up a couple, like a week ago or so. That only happened because I did not have to look behind me to see where everybody was, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's, it, it's, it is the best thing you can do. And I said it a couple weeks ago, get in the fucking Discord so we can play some <laughs> games. Like, like that is the, the best thing you can do. And I mentioned it earlier, 
that we are trying to especially help our lower ranked players because I, I just don't like if you're in silver actually can I even play with silver right now if you're like in mid silver right now and up I can play with you I can help you out but we have a lot of other players who are you know in gold and they're kind of stuck and they need help whether it be just being with good teammates to help them pull to the next rank or maybe if they play with somebody in a higher rank like maybe as we they play with somebody in silver that person that's in silver can say oh this is what you're kind of doing wrong and help them out with that you know it, it, the, the little suggestions sometimes can make a world of a difference in how you play, you know, a game. So I know we're trying to help, you know, form, you know, teams and community, teams of people that kind of play together on a regular basis so that they can, you know, get better as a team and, you know, climb and just enjoy the game more, you know. That's the goal here, to enjoy the game more and it's something you could do now. So like I said before, if you listen to this podcast, you are not an outlier. You are not a casual player of Overwatch if you are listening to what I'm the words I'm saying right now. You know? <laughs> like, okay, fine. You may not play Overwatch as much as you used to, or play Overwatch all the time, putting the same amount of hours as some people do. But you're listening to an Overwatch podcast. That means you really like the game. That means you're into the game. You don't just like my voice, I'm pretty sure. You know? I don't so, know. Sometimes <laughs> my voice is pretty sultry. Yeah. So it's <laughs> You're the type of person who should join the Discord and look to hook up with other players. I'm trying to get you know those channels a bit more active. I'm working on building a bot that can help group people together, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like I'm, you know, it's time to stop complaining about Overwatch. I mean, I can complain because I do an Overwatch podcast. It's kind of my job to complain about Overwatch. <laughs> it's, it's time to start taking action and putting it in the community's hands. And one of the the, the first step is for people to join discords and engage in the community with the people that they want to play with. Your experience in Overwatch and the in the in the client and solo queue will not be your same experience in a Discord server because it's community managed. So if a if an asshole does come in there, if a troll does come in there, there are admins that will help you. You know, Kick it, well, actually, the admins will, they, they will take care of it on their own. You don't have to wait for Big Daddy Blizzard to slap a twenty-four hour ban on him. Or to silence him or anything like that, you know? Get into Discord. Somebody's Soon- Discord. <laughs> <laughs> Sooner or later, uh, at the end of a shitty game, you'll be able to drop the uh, Prepare to Attack website just in chat. Just, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Drop the mic just like that. Uh, they're not ready for it yet. Not ready for it. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but we're, 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 we're trying to do things to help the community and, you know, put more of the Overwatch experience in community's hands. But the first step you have to take as a community member is to engage. The community. First well, thing I do think do. I saw in the chat earlier. Um, so I, I can't remember who was saying. I'm sorry if I can't remember who you are. Um, but they were saying that Blizzard needs to do a better job of putting those kind of informational outlets more accessible, maybe in the client. Highlight different streamers. Maybe not XQC because he's kind of toxic, but people that are there <laughs> that are teaching people about the game. Maybe put a streamer on the client, um, similar to the way they do with the Overwatch League games. Or, you know, put an Omnic Lab or something um, on there and give those resources out for people. Because a lot of people that don't go out and listen to podcasts, they don't know where to look. I mean, sure, you can just YouTube and be like Overwatch tips and tricks and watch your Overwatch. That's going to help. But it's only going to do so much, you know? So Right. I think a yeah. community highlight would be really good for uh, it. It would help them as a game as well. I don't know why you would not do something like that. Yeah, like I love I love playing Winston, but 
I know to watch Muma if I want to learn some more tricks on Winston. Not everyone knows who Muma is nor who to watch for like Winston tricks, you know? And I think that little bit of insight from Blizzard could help a lot because they do have pros on their payroll. They have the ability to put these people out there like that. I think part of the problem is, you know, I mentioned before that Blizzard can't fix this because the Overwatch community is too large, right? Agreed. And because of that, they have a super high-level overview, right? A super high-level overview of what's happening in Overwatch. So when they go to pick streamers to stream on their channel, who are they going to go for? The most popular streamers. Most of the most popular Overwatch streamers are not educational streamers. They're actually just people with good personalities. Like, I was, I've been watching some of the streams they've been uh, posting up recently with the Blizzard Residency Program. And those people, they're, I mean, some of them are good, but they're not educational. Like, you'll watch them, they'll play well, but they won't necessarily talk about what's happening. Uh, they spend a lot of time with the big camera on them, you know? I watched one stream, and I think the first hour she just had, she was just talking to the crowd. That's all she was doing for, for an hour. That's all she did was talk. And her community is built around her was personality. Was she running a podcast or? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, she wasn't. You know, and there was an, actually there was a second person who she also had a ton of time off of the game, you know, and those are personality podcasts, not podcasts, personality streams. And that's why people watch them. But, you know, like they should, I don't want to, like Omnic Lab is, in my opinion, the best over Overwatch educational resource because of how thorough they are and i'm even talking like with youtube videos and stuff like that like they're they're just extremely thorough in what they do and they're excellent you know why blizzard hasn't worked with them to get them like to like show to show their stream you know on the uh on the blizzard app one time i don't understand i I don't understand why blizzard hasn't done that um because they're big enough but I guess it goes, I answered my own question because, like, they have a super high-level overview, right? Like, if it's not, you know, very, very popular, they're probably not going to deal with it. One podcast are bigger than they ever have been, but they're still not touching, you know, streams or even YouTube videos as far as views or clicks. You know, it's it's not sexy enough. Right. Yeah, 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 podcasting isn't sexy enough. I mean, pod before the storm aside, you know, podcasts don't get out there and get that kind of... uh, exposure that a stream right. or a youtube video is i mean that's get. the entire that's their entire like overview Th- this is podcasting in a nutshell like that's their whole view of podcasting is pod before the storm that's as big as it gets to them right so we make it sexier <laughs> Ooh, yeah yeah so um i uh aloof in the uh in the chat said you know pugs and i know i i think he um he brought up pugs in our Discord as well. I think he's gonna start organizing pugs. But yeah, I mean, pugs would be a great way to talk about things. Like we, we t- I talked about it before, doing like a, a workshop to to help with team building and stuff like that. And that's definitely something I'm very, very interested in. Um, maybe we just give it a shot, see how many people show up, see how far we go. Like it's not the same thing as a game night because game nights are kind of just like for fun, right? Like you know, I don't think people go to a game night for. Um, you know, learning how to play Overwatch or team building or stuff like that, but like a, a pug where you link up with other players and you make sure that the teams are even because what happens in game night sometimes is that one team will just get just demolished by another because you have a grandmaster who's playing their main 
on so one I stopped team. going to game nights. Yeah, that's playing their main on one team versus a, a, a team of golds or people who I went to. I went up. to game nights when I first got on PC to you know meet people to play with regularly. Yeah. So I'd go to all the big ones, and you know I'd go against people that are diamond and GM, like you said, playing their mains, and then they'd be like, "Oh no, I have to play with this guy on their team because they're buddies." And then they'd make it a point to just fight the other GMs on the other team. And then it's just not fun anymore, you know, right. because sure, it's fun to say you're playing with someone who plays at that level, but it's not fun when you're not at their level. It's just not enjoyable. Right. You yeah. Know, so that's why with these workshops, I kind of wanted to organize it so that we made sure the teams are even people who are really good, you know, could, you know, work with people who aren't as good. Right. That's the thing you want to balance. You want to balance the teams out. Um, and like I said, I, I'm working on stuff for that. So, but like I said, maybe we'll just give it a shot. Yeah. In the uh, meantime, speaking of uh, speaking of high level players, want to shout out Shockmaster. He's in our uh, in the game nights and stuff, and he's part of a big part of the community. He just hit top 500. Uh, oh, congratulations, today. Shock! Very nice, very nice, Shockmaster. I played yeah. against him in game night once, and I've never hated a McCree more in my life. <laughs> <laughs> he is insane. He's pretty with nasty DPS characters. Him. He's he's gross. Right. So, I mean, all that being said, um, it's not just all talk. Like I said, we, we, I know I'm, me personally and the team here, we're making strides to try to uh, put the Overwatch experience into the community's hands. Like I said, I added those roles on Discord to help people find other people and the commands. Oh, yeah, by the way, I, I did. I forgot that I made the commands only available to people with community status, right? So if you jump in to the server and you just hit the commands, they're not going to work for you. Say something, and we'll give you the community uh, the community tag in the Discord, and then you can use the commands and stuff like that, because I don't want people to abuse the system. So I just want to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, we have other plans, um, like you know Ben said, and this is something we talked to, our, what we did discuss with our patrons a long time ago, uh, we are preparing a prepare to attack website, and the goal of that website isn't just to help you find prepare to attack episodes. The goal of that website is to help you find Overwatch educational resources, period, and to organize in a certain way that you can find what you're looking for. Maybe find something that you did not know that you were looking for, and also help new players. Like if they come into the game streamline the process of getting them up to speed with what they need to know. That's the goal of that website. No, I don't have an ETA on it, but it is something that we're working on. And um, hopefully it comes soon enough before Overwatch dies, man. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we're going to go ahead and close up the episode at this point. We didn't have any community questions and we're not going to do this week in Overwatch. I kind of already talked about the worst part of my week, which is Saturday night was fucking terrible. Um, <laughs> and um, I don't think we have any... We don't have a game night. No, we don't have any game nights come up right now. Um, not, not Thanksgiving actually, week. Yeah. yeah. Actually, in the U.S. it's Thanksgiving week, so I don't think anybody else is running game nights. Which reminds me, we're also not going to be running our community stream this week. Um there is a chance that we won't be streaming next week. I'm think I, I'm trying to work that out now. The reason is kind of moving soon. Like next week is my last week in this place, and it's gonna be an absolute mess. If you're on stream right now, all you see is like a pack of batteries back here. 
<laughs> you know, I don't even know where they came from. They just appeared <laughs> there when I started clearing stuff out. They better be Duracells. Uh, yeah, they are Duracells. Hey, actually, that's the only battery them. I use. <laughs> if they're that AAAs, I absolutely early. made them. We make the whole world's uh, AAAs in our plant. <laughs> well, that explains a lot. They're AAAs. So, <laughs> um, enough battery talk, though. And next Thursday, we definitely will not be doing the community stream because that's when I'm packing up this sucker. And taking it to the new place, and uh, I'm not sure when 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 I'll be back up. Well, definitely before the, the following Tuesday, right? Because we got to be here for the show. So, um, but may not be streaming next week. Well, I'll let you guys know how that's gonna go. Uh, monthly community episodes. We do have some people lined up for the next set of episodes. Not gonna be recording this month. I thought we were gonna be able to do it. I'm not gonna be able to do it next week. We obviously aren't doing it this week because everybody's in the U.S. So we'll probably drop two community episodes in December again. Hopefully, you know, hopefully I can drop two episodes. Just because we have people lined up for the next episodes doesn't mean you cannot, um, you know, tell me or tell any of us that you want to join the community episodes. Like because we're we're gonna try to do this monthly. If you are interested in doing a community episode, please reach out. Twitter, Discord, email. We'll get into all that. All right. And uh, I already mentioned the thing about the ranks. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna put into to the pen note that uh, you need to be uh, in the community role first. So hopefully people will just like shout them. But like I said, seriously, just get to Discord so we can get this thing moving. Um, we mentioned prepare to attack already, but uh, the latest episode is our break episode, which is gonna be out of date very soon. You know, yeah, we're gonna have yeah. to redo that one, and uh, we uh, hopefully have some new episodes on the way. So listen to Prepare to Attack if you're looking to get better at Overwatch. We do live stream usually around 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Had some trouble today, but that's the time we usually try to start. So twitch.tv slash mash those buttons. We'd love to have you here with us while we uh, broadcast. And we want to hear about your Overwatch stories. So well, like I said, we're going to get to our email information or our contact information a little later. So send those over. And uh, we do have a PS4 community and an Xbox One club. Um, they're both called Watchpoint Radio Overwatch. And, uh, yeah, you can find them on the consoles. They're really easy to get to. But if you want to be a part of the game nights, I highly suggest you join those uh, clubs and um, communities so that you know when things are going on. You can hook up with the other players from the clubs and communities if you're looking to you know, play games. Um, the PS4 uh, game night was just on Friday night, and we went and we had a good time. It was, it was a small group, but we still had a good time, it was, and even in quick play. Because that's the thing. With the game nights... On the consoles, they're generally just like quick play. Nobody's doing competitive, so you can go in, have a good time, salt-free, mostly, you know, and it's, <laughs> it, it's fun. Um, and I always like to talk about Heroes of Overwatch, which is a Facebook group uh, that you can join if you're on Facebook that, you know, has the latest Overwatch news, memes. It's admin by good people. I would highly suggest you join that if you're on Facebook and, you know, you're looking for somebody to play with. All right? Uh, thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can with our addresses or our Twitter accounts, twitter.com slash mash those buttons. Um, ben, you're new. Why don't you tell me how to find you on social media? Uh, you can find me in the Discord on the Mash Those Buttons channel, um, the Dude Abides. Uh, you could find me on Twitter at BenGuyton54. Um, it's pretty much my internet persona right now. So. <laughs> reach out love to play some games with some people and get to know uh everyone else in the community a little bit better so i'm friendly i don't bite too hard so <laughs> all right how about you kender 
You can find me on Twitter at NerfKinderPlease. That's uh, PLS. Uh, you can also find me on YouTube by the same name. That's NerfKinderPLS. Uh, and that's it. I can't think of my other shit. (laughs) (laughs) You can find me on Twitter at Church of Ja, and you can find me streaming here. Well, not this week, and not next week on Twitch.tv slash Mash Those Buttons. Just go to Twitch.tv slash Mash Those Buttons and hit that uh follow button and slam that motherfucking subscribe button. Yeah, like, and if it, it. it's either me or it might be Nick from Wild Talk or Torn the Goblin. That's who usually streams. So, um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Uh, also, like I said before, join the Discord. Discord around me slash smash those buttons. You can find all of us there. And uh, I like to encourage you guys to reach out with comments and questions, your Overwatch stories. You know, you can find us on uh, our email is WPRMashesButtons.com. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can hit us up on Discord. But we love, you know, to talk with you guys. And uh, hear what's going on with you in Overwatch. And if you enjoy the show and you want to help us out, the best way to do that is to share the show with others and to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform of choice. If you want to take your support a bit further, you can become a patron by it's patreon.com slash watchpointradio. And you can also uh, you know purchase merch from our Teespring store, which is teespring.com slash stores slash mash those buttons. And you can also become a subscriber on Twitch, twitch.tv slash buttons, which I mentioned earlier. And I encourage you guys to stay tuned after the show to hear about our other shows. With that, we are done for this week. Uh, if you're in the U.S., enjoy your holiday, and we'll catch you guys later. Thank you for choosing a Mash Those Buttons podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to subscribe to one of our shows, you can find us on multiple podcast platforms across iOS and Android. Just search for the show on a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts and hit subscribe. If you can't find us on your favorite podcast platform of choice, just go right to the MashThoseButtons.com website, grab the RSS feed, and put it into your podcatcher of choice. If you want to check out some other podcasts you may enjoy, you should check out mashosbuttons.com slash shows. For World of Warcraft fans, we have two podcasts, WoW Talk, which is our news and community podcast, and The Torn and the Goblin, which is our lore and story podcast. If you enjoy Overwatch, make sure to check out Watchpoint Radio to keep up with the latest on Overwatch and its community. If you enjoy fighting games, make sure you check out Double Tap for the latest in the FGC. If you're a fan of The Division or looking forward to The Division 2, make sure you check out Sit Rep Radio. If you want to keep up with the latest that mash those buttons, you can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash mtbsite, facebook.com slash mash those buttons, and youtube.com slash mash those buttons. We'd also like to have you join our Discord community. So just go to discord.me slash mash those buttons and join us for a chat. Once again, thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.